0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the State of Wild episode 80, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name's Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-hosts, Raffle and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: You know, I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've been uh, actually playing a few sweet decks uh, this week, including a very near, I had to catch myself, I almost did a Day 3 Legend uh, with one of these decks that we'll be talking about a little bit later to, tonight, so... um yeah, you know, had a pretty good week, uh, but I realized I don't actually want to queue into a bunch of Pirate Warriors when I hit Legend, tank my MMR, and end up queuing into the Diamond 3-to-1 band exclusively, so um, I saved myself that by playing a much worse deck and uh, tanking my rank.
2: Um, damn, Ruffle. I mean, props? I was The absolute horror of almost hitting Legend this early it would have been absolutely terrifying. I know. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, I don't know how he survived. Um... But yeah, I, I am uh, also... Look, I was going to say I'm like, doing good, but I'm actually doing pretty crappy. Like, <laughs> like straight up, not feeling great today, guys, listeners. But happy to be here and uh, talking all things wild with these two. Yeah,
0: I think we're all feeling a little bit under the weather tonight when we're recording. So I think what that means is today's going to be a pretty laid-back, short episode. Uh, especially since we're kind of in that little bit of a lull between, um, you know, set expansion and like mini-set announcement. Because we are getting... I think it has been like 2 months since the uh the expansion originally launched, which means it is about that time where we're looking for uh mini set new cards news, all that kind of good stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a little antsy uh for the um announcement as well. You know, I've got some plans I want to make. I need to like plan my content schedule around the mini set as well as my life. So, you know, uh, hopefully we'll f- we'll find something out soon. Plus like just new new cards. What what's this life you speak of uh it's the thing that you do when you're not playing hearthstone
0: i, I don't understand
1: maybe one day you will no, true all right
0: I, I can't say that i i didn't get to play much hearthstone at all this week because <laughs> because of real life and all that kind of stuff. oh ugh, it was terrible i wish i could have been playing card games instead all right Let's hop into the episode this week, but before we get into all that, we do need to take care of our usual housekeeping stuff. So, of course, if you guys enjoy the podcast, whether you guys are watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anything like that, if you guys enjoy the content, like, comment, subscribe. It's a small thing, but it does actually support us a ton.
1: You can also support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash stateofwild and pick up some sweet perks.
2: And of course, you can always come join the State of Wild Discord server to come talk about all things Wild Hearthstone with the rest of the State of the Wild community. Alright, so let's
0: hop into it. Uh, I guess the first question that I'm going to have to ask, because we ask this every week, um, I mean, it's been a week and a half now since we had that huge balance patch uh, Balance patch uh, of Apprentice getting nerfed, audience are getting nerfed, and Warrior getting nerfed. So, I mean, just general feels about the meta now that it's like actually had some time to settle, are you guys enjoying the format? Um, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I know Warrior Stone down in Diamond Five, but uh, is that a little bit more diverse than it used to be? Uh, how are the general feelings?
1: Yeah, I think. I think what we're almost two weeks out from the nerfs. I, th- I think we can safely say that the Warrior nerf did not do a whole lot. Um, and in fact, like we discussed last week, it kind of gained two good matchups in the process. Uh, fortunately, like I don't. For whatever reason, I have been dodging a lot of Pirate Warriors, which makes my Hearthstone experience a lot better. Like, it's my enjoyment of the game right now is directly, like, inversely proportional to the number of uh, Pirate Warriors that I queue into. And so, fortunately, that number was pretty low this week. And I was, quite honestly, playing a few decks that just had a reasonable matchup into it. So there were times where I was chasing the matchup and I couldn't find it even which is uh, a little bit less uh, fun but um you know overall the other two decks that um you know did get nerfed and like actually got noticeable nerfs uh were were quite frustrating to play against at times too depending on um decks that I was playing there were just certain decks that I would want to play that maybe had a chance against Pirate Warrior, like, the deck can scam anything, obviously, that's why it's so good. But, like, just where auto-lose to burn strategies like uh, APM Mage and, and Odd Hunter. So, like, getting to play that type of get- deck again is, is kind of fun. So, yeah, it, it, it's open, I feel like, a little bit more. I think generally the meta game is better now, um, with the exception of Pirate Warrior still, like, existing as it does
2: yeah it's been um very interesting i think uh the the big fear that i had coming into this patch was obviously shaman i was like really really concerned that um shaman was gonna you know just swallow up a lot of the um you know the hunter and the mage population even some of the warrior population shaman was gonna be left with this like very few zero counter situation um that doesn't really like played out uh shaman is popular like shaman is you know like one of the more popular classes at diamond and legend and it is very strong but it's not overwhelmingly so and i think what's left being left overall is a format that, you know as you said it it does feel much more open and i think a lot better and more diverse i'm probably even higher on the format right now um because i think war is actually in a pretty good spot in terms of how much they've touched it i know you know thoughts on that might vary a little bit (laughs) But uh, you know, Warrior at Legend right now, like the the class is like a sub 52% win rate. So it's still good, but not like at the, like it's not in tier zero territory, right? Like right now the class win rate does seem to be good, but not like insane, um, which is fine. Like I, I don't really find Warrior that offensive personally. Um, and I, I think there has been a whole bunch of stuff open up and the format does feel very different without things like Ice Block being particularly prevalent. That's the big thing that I, uh, I noticed over the past few days is how many strategies I feel like I can play because there isn't a you know predominant mage strategy using Ice Block in the format anymore. It does feel nice to have that card kind of disappear. Um, and this is something that you might think about specifically when thinking about all the problems of Ignite Mage and stuff like that until, well, until it's gone. So yeah, I'm really interested in the format. It does feel very weird right now. And uh, we'll, we'll see if that continues heading into the mini set. Yeah, I know
0: the the thoughts about Pirate Warrior are a very contentious argument out there in the uh, in the community right now, up there with the uh, conversations about Shaman. And so I know this is something that we can maybe touch on next week if we don't get a mini set announcement about this like balance between popularity and power and perception of unfairness and and stuff like that, which is a very important conversation. We touched on it a little bit last week and I kind of got flamed for my kind of out there comments, but you know it's all right. Um, I too, like, I, I think I'm the middle ground of you too just in general, when it comes to experiences in the law format, but also, like, about Pirate Warrior. Like, I think Pirate Warrior is still... I, I think it's egregious with its, like, the game plan behind the deck, I think, just, like, fundamentally shouldn't exist. But power level-wise, it's not terribly oppressive, in my experience. But I, I do agree with you guys that the format does feel a lot more open. I'm not gonna lie, this is probably the best that I felt about the format, since, like... Um, Baron's mini set, like prior to United and Stormwind where a lot of people were like super happy with where the format was. It's kind of where I'm at um, right now. So I haven't been playing much this week, but at least in Legend, it's felt like there are. I've been seeing so many random decks, like like you mentioned, just you never saw prior to the patch. Like I know NHL fans been killing it with Reno Paladin. I've seen Darkly Warlocks again. I've seen a resurgence of Cute Locks as well. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that's out there whether you like playing against it or not like i think diversity i keep harping on it right diversity is a good thing and i've seen a hell of a lot more wide range of decks in legend at least so honestly pretty low-hanging fruit with that balance patch because there were three dominant decks but i i think they nailed it with two out of the three changes and even the warrior tune down did help a lot
2: yeah I, i think something that is helping a lot is that people aren't gravitating as heavily towards the best decks that I thought they would. Like, I thought, um, you know, there's, I, like, I think, I think Mechathurn Warlock, for example, right, is this insanely powerful deck. Like, it's my pick for the best deck in the format right now. People just aren't really playing it. Like, <laughs> I like think it's reasonably popular, but it's not, like, the same kind of level of popularity that we saw before with things like Old Hunter and stuff. Um, in fact, like, Priest right now is the most popular class at Legend, um, and I, I think like the VS report had a huge impact in that, and how much they pushed the inner fire strategies, um, and just how popular those have been since the uh, since the patch came out. So, yeah, I mean like the the format does look completely different, I think, than than how it felt, and even things like quest rogue are all of a sudden very good, which um, wasn't even close before. So, yeah, I'm I'm not again, <laughs> and I would actually totally agree with you that this is the best I think I felt about wild since the barons uh since that baron's meta um if not a bit before that so yeah
1: i mean I, I i don't disagree that like this is the highest i've been on the the metagame for a while but like i still just don't know how much the like i, I would disagree in that like the pirate warrior quest was tuned down all that much um like i don't think that's the having the um necessarily the the impact um that as opposed to maybe, like, losing Quest Hunter and APM Mage in that those are decks that kind of protected some of uh, other matchups into into Pirate Warrior, so I, 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 I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to um, maybe separate some of the emotional aspect of uh, getting scammed by uh, Pirate Warrior so many times from, like, the, the reality of it, but it just, like, it doesn't feel different uh like the I, i think it just maybe has um you know some in you know some more challenging matchups uh being able to um come into play now that uh you know ice block isn't a thing and that um you know odd hunter um decimating boards isn't necessarily a thing so um that that's where i'm at with it i think uh i don't know we've had this conversation since pirate warrior was uh it has been in its um current state is that like you know top ranked players overrate its uh, effectiveness and to an extent i think um you know as you go down the ladder maybe people uh overestimate its power level so i think like it's it probably lies somewhere in between where uh each of our assessments are and um so you take the average of uh of our opinion uh, dear listener or viewer and uh, that's where Pirate Warrior is I think like I don't know it, it, it would be a tough argument for me to say that it's not the, the best deck in the format right now but like I play in a slightly different metagame than uh, you guys do as well so uh, that is a contributing factor
2: yeah
0: I mean I, I would go ahead and say like I do think that the Pirate Warrior change wasn't a very drastic nerf I, I think we can all kind of agree with that I think what you were alluding to and I think what Corvette kind of briefly touched on was the fact that the the changes to the other two decks in auto interdict Nightmage have allowed a whole other host of strategies to emerge that do end up being okay into pirate warrior and it maybe just kind of feels like those strategies haven't trickled down to to maybe diamond five like i don't know how much mechathune warlock or inner fire priest or decks like that that you're seeing because those decks tend to have pretty good matchups into pirate warrior um so i, I wonder how much of that might be playing a factor where like all of these new decks have popped up, they just haven't trickled down to these other rings
1: yet. Well I mean, even as we saw in the last report, like are those that great of matchups? I think it's just more the illusion of the good matchup is maybe um pushing people off of Pirate Warrior because like we talked about um how we assumed that uh free shaman was a, a favorable matchup into Warrior it ended up not being I mean I I could see something similar with uh with Mechathrin, although I would, you know, Probably expect the mecha warlock to be better than, uh, than shaman just because of the all the healing and board clears are, um, seemingly endless. Uh, so, um, you know, like it, it's ha- because of the explosive potential in the, just in the early game, uh, if you ignore the the late game juggernaut spam, um, like the explosive potential for pirate warrior, I I fail to see it having just like bad bad matchups, like it's never going to have a 70 30 or even a 60 40 really because it just has the potential to just get you. And so like even its bad matchups aren't going to be um oppressively bad for it. So um like it can just kind of win in a game. Um but yeah I mean like the the open door for mechathune for even uh combo priest is you know arguably one of those matchups where Pirate Warrior um can't win. Um so I think that like the the decks that are cropping up um now that APM mage and odd hunter are gone like meddune were like um combo priest maybe feel a little bit less limiting than uh, what odd hunter and APM mage were in terms of like the broader metagame. and so they aren't necessarily covering uh pirate warrior's weaknesses the in the um in the same way that those decks were so we're kind of moving away from that triad that we were stuck with for quite a while with um uh with odd hunter pirate warrior and for a while even warlock and then a uh, free shaman so it's uh, you know that moving away from that triumvirate is like already a step in the right direction because that allows for diversity which is like I agree Meowth is, is a good thing is the thing that I enjoy about the wild format and we haven't had that for a while
0: no i uh, i totally agree and i think with the miniset coming um, I think it'll be important to see whether that diversity remains, or maybe they'll take another step towards Pirate Warrior. Uh, who knows? Um, mini set announcement soon, please, so we can see some of the new cards as well. I think that's what we're getting at here. Uh, okay, so for the rest of the episode, I, I, we had some decks that we wanted to talk about today, uh, but we wanted to talk about decks that were kind of not the decks that we keep talking about. <laughs> so we're, uh, we've all come up with some off-meta stuff that we've been playing and playing against on ladder and uh, trying it out. And so the first deck that we want to talk about today is this Owl OTK Warlock. And so I know we talked about it last week about we were talking about Mechathene Warlock and Corby even brought up the point today about how it might be the best deck in the uh, in the format, which is is a claim uh, because I've been playing some of this Owl OTK Warlock this week. I'm not gonna lie to you kind of feels better than Mechathune Warlock and so is you brought up the the point last week of is is OTK maybe a better thing to be doing in that shell than Mechathune? and yeah, like, like it it was really good um, especially against stuff like shaman because you now have the two owls and it's easier to get it into the pool uh to play around mutanus and uh like the rat devolves and you don't have to worry about like lotheb lockouts or vol'jin getting ratted so and the speed is actually a huge factor like you mentioned so i just wanted to to shine the spotlight a little bit here on on this al otk warlock uh that's been doing pretty well for me and honestly if you claim that mecha warlock is the best deck in the format i i would argue that this is maybe even better than that which means it might be the best deck
2: Oh, Miath, I'm so happy you went and did all the testing for me. I just threw the idea out there and you did all the work. (laughs) But I I did see, like, Otters, I think, also, like, hit top 10 legend. Like, he did his climb with our Warlock a bit and stuff. So, I mean, like I said last week, it felt like an idea that made sense on paper. Um, It doesn't seem like something that's picked up too widely. But, I mean, if people like yourself and Otters are trying it and kind of putting lists out there, then I'm sure it'll catch on for, you know, a bit of a wider player base as well. We talked last week about how the lists are nearly identical and
1: like if it is if it does end up being marginally better into shaman or even like significantly better into shaman while not losing much else in the uh the matchup spread because like ice block isn't a thing as we've discussed uh, the past couple weeks, then maybe it is just better because like that that shaman matchup can be brutal with the rat devolves with the um, you know, potential for Mutanus, So um Limiting than that certainly makes it uh you know maybe a, a decent argument for that type of build
0: yeah i just want to quickly walk through this for those of you guys that have not had the pleasure of playing against this in wild and standard so basically it's very similar to mechathune where uh you're using this big game ending combo with phylactery as your backup but basically with what you want to do in this deck is you want to take uh, this humongous owl, which is like a death battle delay damage t- to something, and uh, you get it into your death battle pool somehow with Plague of Flames, or uh, this list specifically is running stuff like Grimoire uh, of Sacrifice. So you get it into the raised dead pool, and then you'll play uh, either a bunch of one drops, or you summon the things from Tamsin, uh, or you'll play what is it called, Wicked Shipment to summon a bunch of one ones, and then you use Tamsin, the three mana Tamsin, so you can play double Phylactery. You'll put a bunch of Owl Death Rattles on these one-drops, and you'll play a Plague of Flames or a Defile, make them all pop, and deal, I think, max damage. It was like 112 damage uh, as early as, like, turn 7 or turn 8. Uh, so it's a game-ending combo the majority of the time uh, against most decks that aren't playing an Ice Block, which is, you guys have brought up the point, it's why this deck has kind of come into the meta now is because Ignite Mage is gone, right? So you don't have to worry about Ice Block uh but yeah i mean this is a deck well, i highly recommend you guys trying it out testing it um so we can actually find out if it's better than mecha warlock or not because i'm gonna keep coming back i you surprised me <clears throat> when you said that mecha warlock was your best deck because that's that's a statement and because i think this deck is better than that which means this low-key might be the best <laughs> deck in the format that you guys aren't playing so check it out
2: and next up uh, we have dead man's hand warriors another deck that we wanted to talk about um dead Man's Hand Warriors has always been one of my favorite archetypes and it's definitely it was in a pretty brutal position with ignite Mage and the odd hunter stuff kind of going on um just because like again the whole big thing about ignite mage was that the deck was kind of unratable like it was so hard to disrupt that a lot of the time because of the minion density and it kind of meant that there wasn't really much that a deck like Deadman's Hand Warrior could do um, to kind of stop that. And even like the Odd Hunter damage is a bit too much. But it's kind of a little bit more breathing room. You know, we've kind of talked about that. Um, and it's something I've revisited. I had some fun with it. Um, I don't think this is going to be a uh, top tier, you know, secret sleeper the way that our OTK might be. But, uh, you know, because you are going to still struggle against things like the the Mechathen Warlock. Just because, again, very hard to rat those kind of decks. Um, but still, like, Deadman's Hand is something that you can definitely, like, revisit now. Like, if you've taken a couple of expansions off ever since, like, the Demon Seed <laughs> got printed, you mightn't have wanted to play this. But, yeah, I've had a really good time. So, again, just running through, like, what the deck is. This is a favorite for many people. Um, it's kind of got a little bit of a cult around it, in fact. But the idea is that it's basically just, like a Troll Warrior that aims to win by shuffling infinite cards into its deck and just dragging the game out towards Fatigue. There's a few different win conditions that can do that. Like you can play Cold Light Oracles to to mill the opponent, or you can do things like shuffle in Rekara, which has been huge. Like the the Rekara and the Shattering interaction is kind of crazy. The fact that you get to play like a zero mana deal 5 to everything on the same turn that you Rekara is uh, is kind of nuts. So that that buff was huge, I think, and the deck was uh, pretty fun that I had the chance to try a few days ago.
1: Yeah, I played a version with uh Rokara before she was buffed and the the (laughs) interaction with her and shield shatter was still very good at that time just because like you know you're at you basically reducing the cost even by five is pretty good but to get it for completely free is uh pretty nutty um you know i'd like to revisit that myself i know that there's like been some enraged versions in the past but like when i was playing um I, I've always been partial to the Cold Light Oracle version, and especially right now, I feel like you know it's only a matter like, yeah, you can stack a bunch of armor against Pirate Warrior, but it's only a matter of time before the the juggernaut kind of gets you. So I like having the option to uh, just kind of close out the game, which is what uh, the Cold Light Oracle version does. Um, you know, you do kind of accelerate things by giving them cards, but like honestly, Pirate Warrior doesn't need to play cards when it's got the the juggernaut down. So that's kind of irrelevant. And then you just burst them down, and um, yeah, it's it's fun. You know, I've always I've been a big fan of this for a while. I've had uh, multiple top fifty legend finishes with it in my uh, tryharding days, and it was a it was a fun deck to sort out. Uh, but y- y- you know, like I feel like once you do sort it out, it, it does get I'm gonna get flamed for this. It, it does it, it becomes linear and uh, does get a little bit repetitive. But it's it's one that I do always like to to revisit. All right.
0: I I do have to ask the question. We've been talking a lot about this Pirate Warrior deck.
2: Can you outvalue Juggernaut with Dead Man's Hand? Uh yeah, I was pretty okay in that matchup. Um there were there were some times where I uh I got pissed off, but I just like slammed down Cold Lights cuz I was so tired and wanted the game to end. And then they randomly generated a Missile Smite and um <laughs> that, that didn't go so great for me. Um but yeah, I mean you can do okay. Like, look, infinite pirates are pretty good, but like infinite Rikara also uh also pretty good. So I, I, I gotta I gotta diverge though, like, while we have the chance. Ruffle talking about his tryhard days. Can we just go on a little uh a little excursion here, Meowth? When you went and did the, the VS report reread and we found all these old Ruffle decks and these old like these uh these old top ten top ten legend finished Big Priest by Ruffle um a lot of your chat didn't know what to make of that
1: yeah 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 i actually similarly <laughs> went down memory lane um i like i went to donkey.top to uh well, which jesus that is a unfortunately tackled website out of context <laughs> <laughs> can we just can we maybe get that changed uh because i said that so enthusiastically and now i uh i regret every part of that anyway I connected my Battle.net account to see uh, my stats and yeah, there's like this two year period where I didn't miss a top 200 um, with some uh, single digit numbers in there. So glad not to have to dig dig that up because I once made the comment in passing that I had, you know, multiple, um, you know, single digit legend finishes. And of course YouTube comments being what they are said, well, I just don't believe that to be true. And it's like, this is, this is a documented fact you're arguing against reality right now but like that's youtube comments i guess
0: yeah i still remember we we were bored one day so we spent like the last little part of our stream going down memory lane like corb said just looking at like what wild used to be so we like looking at the origins of wild and like the first big priest list that was ever documented in a vs report was raffle slash concerned mom's big priest top 10 legend and everybody was like wow raffle made big priest raffle played big priest and we're like
1: raffle invented big priest that's what i'm hearing from this yeah no i think that you can give credit to rainhead for that one along with the zoo warlock and hearthstone in general um but like also (laughs) you want to make people really mad um i was one of the og refiners of secret mage as well that was one of the i think the first (laughs) list that um that uh, was featured in VS of mine that included things like uh, Azure Drake and Firelands Portal because we did not have better cards at the time. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that if my comments about um, you know Dead Man's Hand not like having a linear strategy once you figured out are going to get me flame, then this absolutely will. So, yeah, I guess it's the Flame Raffle episode.
0: That was the whole point of bringing this up was uh, Raffle did invent big priest raffle invented secret mage and uh raffle called deadman's hand a super easy deck to play
1: endearing himself to all the
0: cultists out there
1: <laughs> now you're putting words in my that's not what i said at all it is a very challenging deck to learn once you learn it it's like i don't know it- no that's, right, i think i heard right, that exactly
0: right. right am i right corb you heard that too, yeah right? yeah 100
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay exactly. okay something. i'll just own it sure sure come at me <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, speaking of coming at you, Ruffle, do you want to talk about the deck <laughs> that you wanted to talk about?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything to change the subject. Uh, so this is the deck that almost snuck me into legend uh, that I was talking about. It's uh, it's Big Shaman, and not just any Big Shaman, uh, because we got to add some spice to this. Uh, courtesy of White Delight. Um, it's uh-huh. got your typical Eureka... Um, Ancestors called. I was actually just editing footage of myself playing it uh, this morning, and in three consecutive games, I Ancestor uh, Ancestors called a linecracker on turn two. I Ancestors called a, a, um, um, a Shudderwalk on turn one, uh, giving myself a Colossus of the Moon. And um, some other combo piece on like turn four. So like, Ancestor's Call has the uh, you know people forget the the fact that it is basically like a, a dirty rat sometimes, <laughs> and um, you know also gives you a big minion. So I feel like there's you know if, if it's a dirty rat meta, it's a uh, it's an Ancestor's Call meta. But like the real the real spice at the uh, at the top end is actually hakar the Soul Flayer. Um Which would have been phenomenal into APM Mage, first of all, uh, if it ever died. But now is just beautiful into all of the Mechathune decks. Uh, In particular, you know, Linecracker and uh, Mechathune Warlock. So since those are popping up and, you know, if Mechathune is um, arguably the best deck in the format, I think there's a legitimate case to be made for maybe including (laughs) a car in in your deck. Uh, You're obviously giving up a lot into aggro, but you still have uh, Scrapyard Colossus at the top end and uh, runaway blackwing as a like board clear um but the the deck also really benefits from some of the freeze effects like wind chill to cycle a card because the deck's light on card draw and doesn't really do much in the early game and then also included a wild paw cavern which i felt like actually overperformed uh in terms of my expectations just in like making a spider tank every turn that freezes uh the pirate warrior's face or just like like three is such an important breakpoint in that matchup that uh, between the the stags and lightning storm, it's just like, well, I've got all of the minions that I need covered right here. Um, one of my favorite uh, moments though was um, I actually successfully got Hakar into game into the into play. It died, and my opponent, um, a druid, played new Maligos. And I did not know what the interaction was, but it definitely killed the opponent, like just on the spot. They had not drawn a single blood. I was raging because I'm because like they had five cards in their deck. and I'm just like, just draw a blood, just draw one. They play a and um died from uh, about fifty health. <laughs> so I learned something new about that interaction, and I think my opponent did too. And it was fantastic.
0: Ralph is up here straight up spoiling his YouTube video live on podcast.
1: <laughs> well yeah
0: It'll it's not fine. a spoil
2: it's a taser meow come on. exactly people True. interested um but yes i uh, like once you mentioned big shaman i knew where this was going i've seen uh i've seen enough of a car like popping up in big shaman and, and big priest like oh like white delight like come on what are we what are we doing but i actually understand it i um i, I mean i played against it in thl like swag brought it in one of his decks and i had mechaton warlock and i was just like what the actual hell am i meant to do with this I, <laughs> I i don't understand um how do i beat this but it is a very very funny interaction and things like that and like i said like big shaman did get a ton of stuff the wild Cavern, night like, like god it's such a good card for the deck i think in general just having just bodies and and um just those annoying freeze effects to deal with when you you know when you get that minion to play just the fact that you have that really nice follow-up is is awesome so yeah, super strong and uh, big shaman definitely something that can kind of come back a little bit now that the uh, you know like the odd hunter and the night mages are gone, which again were pretty horrific matchups. So yeah, big uh, you know big improvements for big shaman.
0: Yeah, I haven't played much big shaman post uh, balance patch, but I played a ton of it prior to the balance patch, um, and I was running the new uh, abominable lieutenant, the yeah. Pudge eight mana three five that eats a minion. Um, Pudge. Yeah, instead of Runaway Blackwing, but the, I had basically the same idea. Sans the car, but yeah, I mean, Wildpaw Cavern plus, like, the buff Lightning Storm. Like, the buff Lightning Storm in that deck is, ooh, so nice. That was, I think, one of the best changes that they made when they uh, did that new corset rework for Shaman. Um, yeah, big, big fan of Big Shaman. I think low-key stuff like Big Shaman and Big Rogue are maybe not being played enough because big rogue i think is worse than big shaman but having the ability to play an 8 or a 9 drop or a 10 drop on turn 2 or 3 is never gonna not be strong <laughs> and so like I'm
1: curious why you'd wait until turn 2 or 3 with big shaman just get it on turn sometimes one. sometimes
0: you don't draw the lightning bloom and you have to like coin out an ancestor's call on turn 3 we're not all as uh, good I mean, as you Rawful. come on
1: i mean <laughs> it just takes practice we talked about this earlier like multiple top 10 finishes that's all that's what it takes
0: yeah we will also talk about the fact that uh you play q block without skull in that vs report we if we want to do that
2: <clears throat> well so did you meow
0: no shut up so not,
2: you're not supposed to say that shut up
1: <laughs> wait, wait hold on in, in my defense we did have possessed lackey at the time at five mana, so it was like yeah. it was a little bit redundant with four um demon cheats and i still got a rank two legend with it so it couldn't have been that bad
0: Yeah, well, that was the argument that I made as well, so just going to put that out there. But yeah, I mean, in general, (laughs) the point of me saying this was that 9 and 10 drops on turn 2 or 3 are never not going to be powerful. So I think stuff like Big Rogue, stuff like Big Shaman, um, maybe being slept on a little bit. I don't think they're ever going to be, like, super top-tier decks, and I don't really ever want them to be super top-tier decks. But, like, I do think that they'll always have a place in the metagame. And if you're just, like, you don't really care about reaching Rank 1 Legend and you enjoy... Big giant minions, whatever that copy pasta from the big priest article was, like you should check out these decks. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, you know, if this is something that you enjoy doing,
2: I, I all I'm thinking about is that pasta, the the big legendary minions one. Oh god, that was one of the best pasta to come out of wild.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think they've ever done a wild article like that. Maybe because of the pasta that came out. Yeah, of that. I mean,
2: I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do another article after that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um all right, let's talk about another super sweet deck though. Uh so this one I will say successfully got baited uh by NHL NJ fan or Marty, whatever you want to call him. He went I think 26 and 8 to legend with this Reno It's Reno Paladin. I don't know if there's any other descriptors. Ren... <laughs> it's Big big paladin. Oh, it's, it's definitely
2: it's definitely a reno paladin. We it is so a Reno
0: paladin of some sort. Uh the goal of this deck is uh you're dropping an Ozdormu the timeless on turn four, and then you have ten mana for the rest of the game. And so the deck is filled with a bunch of super sweet seven, eight, nine, ten drops. Uh and then you do and you, you do some pretty powerful stuff because you have way more cards that have way more impact on the board than your opponents do uh i will say cariel is a pretty busted card cariel combined with the power of zephyrus and reno got your reno heals for 60 like that is so gross right with the the cariel weapon yeah this deck is legit i do not think it is 26 and 8 to rank 8 legend legit but i do think that it you know I, I played it. I had a positive win rate playing against people with eleven star bonus. Playing against real decks. I is it weird that like outside of maybe even Reno Lock, that this is the most competitive
1: Reno deck <laughs> I have played in like four or five months. I mean, I had a nearly identical experience. I played this uh, almost the like maybe twenty five of thirty of the the same cards uh, about uh, three or four weeks ago. That was before the, the nerfs to those miserable matchups in Odd Hunter and APM mage and it's just like the deck finds a way. I don't I, I don't I, the whole time I was just like, why am I winning with this deck? What is going on? It just like you look at it and it's just a pile of cards. It's got like it's got Nazoth. The the list I was running had Varian in it. It like it just it has Lockhullar at the uh, at the top end to come back from the, the Nazoth. Like it's just got all this greed and you're like, this deck can't possibly win right now and then it just does like it even there's even against the odd hunter it was, there was there's a situation where I'm just like well I have 60 health now so good luck and um y- you know the, the deck just finds a way it uh it, it was really shocking and I really enjoyed playing it It re- and I, I think to your point out that it plays more like a traditional Reno type deck too um this and um you know, I I also had a lot of fun, oddly enough, with uh, Reno Cthun Druid that actually like performed very well as, as as well. And I was just like, both of them just look like a pile of cards that that Reno decks often look like, but like they find a way to do it. And so it like yeah, it, it was all it was a lot of fun, both of them. And uh, yeah, this one the the Paladin seemed a little bit more successful for me, but like it, it was it was a lot of fun too.
2: Yeah, the comparison was it you me out that said it or someone else? The LPG Reno Mage, that's the kind of vibe that it gives with all those big threats.
0: Yeah, it's like instead of LPG, you have the four mana eight eight Nos Dormu that you like. You play it, and your deck becomes a tier one deck once you do. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't had a chance to play this, but I have been keeping an eye on it, and like just replay and and things like that. And I keep them looking over, and I'm like. Why is the win rate so high? And I'm like, oh, it must be small sample size. And I check back a week later and I'm like, win rate's still kind of high on this uh on this Reno big paladin. So I don't know, like it it it's a pile. But it's a pile that works. Um I, I mean it really just comes down to Carol, I think. I think Carol kind of promotes a lot of this kind of stuff and really opens the door and um you know, I mean, like like you said, it it's up there with probably with even Reno Warlock is one of the best Reno decks in the format, which uh I don't know if that says much about Reno decks in general, but uh, you know, it doesn't speak badly about this deck specifically either.
0: It says all that needs to be said about Reno decks in the format. I think when you <laughs> say that this is the second best. All right, no more bashing on my boy Reno. Uh, Corp, what other, what else you got for us?
2: Uh, what else do we have? Oh, of course, we have Hero Power Mage. Um, who loses the Hero Power Mage? Everybody does, because Hero Power Mage is the nuts. Um. Okay, not really. But it's pretty good. And it might be like the best thing that Mage can do right now, I think. Uh, Mage's in a pretty terrible spot. We lost our Apprentice. We have to get rid of our Apprentice decks. What else do we do? We steal from Standard. Um, that is where Wildfire Mage is uh, a real Hearthstone deck. And you know what? It could be a real Hearthstone deck in Wild as well. There's a whole bunch of six Synergy stuff that we get in Wild that isn't available in Standard. Um... Either like synergy with the hero power cards directly. We have the the spirit that makes like the hero power hit adjacent minions. We have things like the daring fire eater, which can be very very strong. um And yeah, it just uh, like we get uh, hell. We we get the 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 Ragnaros for seven mana. You know that's uh, that's another cool thing. So hero power mage has kind of been this weird spot where it just keeps following the wildfire where. <laughs> You know we wanted it to be an even deck and then we wanted it to be an odd deck and turns out maybe it's best to just make it a everything deck um but it got a big boost with the the buff to uh dawn grasp and that's kind of what drove a lot of the interest in it in standard once Dawngrass got buffed to you know keep the wildfire effect throughout the game rather than being reset and that does make a huge difference when it comes to the end game lethality of hero power mage so i mean this deck's. Like, it, it, it's honestly a pretty solid to aggro. Like, that's, like, its biggest thing right now. Um, because those hero powers and those AoEs that you get off, like, the Reckless Apprentice are very strong. Um, and, you know, it does have a little bit of lethality with the Mordrash and all that kind of stuff. So if you are looking to play mage, like, if it's been if it's been a while, you know, not a lot of mage stuff going on, um, I'd definitely give this a look. It's uh, more competitive than you might think and can definitely handle aggro, like, pretty decently. Turns out, like, three ice blocks. Pretty good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, once again, apparently I was uh, ahead of the curve here and played a very similar uh, list uh, a while back. And, like, Dawngrass being a third ice block is all they needed to be at times and, like, was super powerful in what it did. Yeah, you have, like, the Book of Specters to draw a bunch of minions, um, you know, a bunch of other, like, spell types, even the wildfire is, is, yeah, sure, it's nice to have, but, like, really that, that seven mana third ice block is just, like... give me another turn and, um, you know, upgrade my hero power further in the process and then just slam that Reckless Apprentice and, like, that, like, a Reckless Apprentice post-Dawn Grasp is quite a bit of a lethality (laughs) in its own, right? Because it's, like, you get the ping and you get the ping again, basically, for, you know, four-plus damage per ping and uh, you're, it's like a DIY Ragnarok shot that you guarantee goes face and also clears the board so um yeah deck deck performed surprisingly well um you know at a time where there were lots of flares running around uh even for me so i can imagine that like in a world without flare um or where flare is much less common it's um it's still uh doing all right um but yeah it's certainly a fun deck to play and you know, you mentioned mage is a little bit limited. I'd like to give an honorable mention to uh, to hand mage, uh, which I mm. revisited uh, this week and was um, also similarly dunking on some fools with uh with disgusting high rolls, and uh, that actually seems like a you know reasonable deck for uh, people that want to play mage as well.
2: Yeah, I kind of forgot about hand mage. <laughs> I was like really hyped to play it a-, a while back, and it seemed okay, but just not quite good enough. But definitely something that I might try and revisit as well. Um the, the this looking back at the hand mage uh sorry not the hand mage the hero power mage. I had so much trouble today learning about all the interactions. They're all so weird. Like which which hero power's like which cards work with the stealth double adjacent minion thing? Like are they all getting frozen? Are they all getting hit by like double hero power? I don't know, it was all very confusing for me. Um and is I mean it was fun though. <laughs> like, it was fun to go exploring and learn about spaghetti code. Um, that was kind of like a, a big part of the enjoyment I had playing this.
1: No matter how many times I played the the different combinations of those like interactions with the hero power, I was never certain about what was going to happen. So I just <laughs> like I just played it safe and hoped it worked out well. But like yeah, there's a there are. Oh, I remember a lot of strange interactions. Like, Daring Fire Eater is the most obvious one, and that makes the most sense. Everything beyond that, it's just like, well, some of this is doubling, some of this is freezing, some of this is um, just doing nothing, and I don't know how to predict it.
0: we got to get some, uh, some spreadsheet gaming with all the interactions so that we can check every time <laughs> we want to play a combination of cards. Can I also interest you in taking your uh, perfectly refined Hero Power Mage here, and uh ruining it with some uh, some yellow cards but also maintaining two wildfires in your deck
2: i'm i'm interested uh, i mean we have already seen a pile of reno deck kind of get uh some praise today why not increase it
0: i mean i will just say because like again prior to the patch i found that reno hero power Mage was like the most successful for me and again this isn't like 15 game sample sizes of both decks but I played Reno here, Power Mage with double Wildfire, and it it popped off. It was really good because similar to the Reno Paladin, just like you're running a bunch of good cards, plus Zephyrus and Reno, and you get Kazakus and Relicologists, and you get uh, four mana of Arden. So I I had a lot of fun. <laughs> it might be worth doing like, you know, double Wildfire, double Reckless Apprentice, because like watching your stream today reckless apprentice is low-key probably the second best card in that deck behind Wallfires, so
2: so busted it's such a busted yeah. card it's insane yeah but yeah. It, it does it does gross things uh, against pirate warrior
1: and mm-hmm. if you have varden online it can do really gross things because it like potentially gives you those honorable kills that you need to then further blast the opponent in the face so yeah the I, I would agree that it is definitely one of the best cards. I I would put it maybe behind Ice Block still, just because uh, Ice Block exists. You you mentioned that you only get um, one potentially only one Reckless Apprentice in in Reno. I would be concerned about only getting two Ice Blocks between um, you know the the one that you're playing and the the Varden uh, copy. So that would be my hesitation. Um, you know I I haven't played it recently, but I had like the opposite experience where I felt like the um, uh, making it Reno made it a little bit less consistent, just because, um, you know, I I wanted the the consistent ramp on my, on my hero power is kind of a more focused uh, game plan, but you know, but, uh, having yellow cards is never a bad thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I will say that the hero power mage actually looks pretty strong. I can't tell if that's because the deck itself is strong or because all the other mage decks suck, and. <laughs> Not really sure which one it is, but, I mean, it is a pretty sweet archetype, though.
1: It, it's a little bit more Cerebral than play null and uh, hit it with a conge and win the game on the, on, on turn four, so... Um, yeah, but
2: Deathwing over Cerebral, Ruffle. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. I, I actually, like, I consistently was getting C'Thun's and Fae Horses. <laughs> from actually, my first... Um, I think my first two or three conjurer's callings were just knolls, <laughs> so i would just keep getting <laughs> the the gnolls it really kind of dilutes the uh the the pool uh, a little bit but um you know it's still still surprisingly strong deck um, and reasonably good into pirate warrior as well because you just like you just eye roll them and win
0: i feel like we've talked about hero power mage now alongside hand mage enough that we also now have to include hand mage codes down in the description
2: i think so yeah, yeah
0: i think we officially have to <laughs> well if we're going
1: um, on that tangent like the um the new shivering sorceress actually pulls a lot of weight in that uh because it's basically like um a card that draws a card because it reduces your conjurer's calling which then offsets the fact that you're minus one card in hand for the um for the null so it gives you hand space wall um you know making your combo a little bit easier so yeah that that card is uh actually pretty nutty in the deck so right out it's it's definitely worth uh, a, a revisit all right
0: but that being said that is uh six sweet off meta decks that we've been playing and playing against uh here post patch um and hope you guys can you know find one of these decks to uh to enjoy playing i guess i don't uh, i don't know how much longer we're, we're going to be able to say that Al OTK warlock is an off meta deck because you guys are all going to listen to this you guys are all going to start playing it and we're going to see that it's the best deck in the format so who knows <laughs> but the rest of them i think definitely off meta choices uh
1: i mean if you ask the people that um were watching my video like day two or three of the expansion it's always been meta it's like owl warlock is broken everybody hates that deck um in both formats even when it's not good so <laughs> so i'm sure there'll be plenty of angry people in the comments for us promoting uh or even daring to speak of
0: Owl Warlock. Yeah, people and their reactions to OTK decks, regardless of the format. Am I right? But yeah, I, I think that's going to wrap it up for our episode today. Like like we mentioned at the very beginning, uh, kind of a shorter episode as we wait for this mini-set ex- uh, announcement. But regardless, I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, Raffle Corbett, always enjoy hanging out with you guys. Thanks so much for joining me again.
1: Uh, let the people know where they can find you and your content. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RaffleHS and Twitch and YouTube at Raffle.
2: And you can find me on all those platforms at Corbett Games. Um, and thank you guys very much for listening slash watching. Yeah,
0: you can find me at Get Out on all of those platforms as well. Appreciate all of you guys listening all the way to the end. Really do appreciate y'all. And we will see you guys again next week. Later.